The Girl Manual. Feminism, friendship, equality and other girl stuff. Breaking down the patriarchy one conversation at a time. A safe space to discuss all of those things that come with being a woman. From feminism to the workplace. Through female friendship and dating. To gender stereotypes and domestic violence. So grab some coffee, wine or kombucha. And join us in the creation of The Girl Manual. Hey Essie. Hi Fair. And hello and welcome to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in and being ready for a new awkward conversation. Today we wanted to talk about something that affects all of us, though it impacts us women particularly hard. The quest for perfectibility, aiming to star achievement in every aspect of our lives, is an extremely common phenomenon in our society, with more than 70% of women experiencing it on a daily basis, and it is draining us. So if you have caught your brain saying the following, I don't really know what I'm doing, I think I was just lucky. It was all about being in the right time at the right place. Anyone could have done it. Yes, I mean, work-wise, everything is fine, but I'm not really fulfilled. I don't think I'm living to my fullest. Am I doing enough? Am I enough? So if you have ever felt like this or have found yourself saying this to yourself, let me just assure you, you are not alone. This anxiety for perfectibility and to thrive and control every aspect of our lives is something that some of us live with every day. It's a modern-day illusion that we can actually control and perfect every aspect. We believe, really, that we have to talk about these things. And it's important no matter how awkward it might be. Exactly. And we all have different roles and areas ranging from work to private life, from projects to cooking, well-being, cleanliness, and to even things like sleeping. I think for me, I know things have gone too far when I start losing the quality of sleep or more recently, I've started to realize that if my apartment is a mess, I'm overworking. Yeah, I completely know what you mean. For example, if my room is messy or my place is messy, it means like I'm spiraling down. Yeah. If I don't take the time to actually clean my space and just sort of control it in a way, it's that I am in a quite difficult place. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay, so where does this idea of perfectibility come from, really? Basically, we found that the philosopher Alan de Bottom was defining it as trying to obtain perfect achievement in all aspects of our lives and trying to live to unattainable standards. And this, if you think about it, is quite cruel because it's not a state that we can actually achieve. So there's a lot of frustration in it and we don't settle for good enough we're just like trying to excel at all of this we treat the word ordinary as if it was like a bad word or something oh yeah totally totally and being called driven or highly ambitious is considered a high praise in our society Mm. and it clings on to the mantra you can do anything you put your mind to and while these sky high goals are important to the path of self-improvement wanting too much too soon I think it can sometimes turn ambition into an unhealthy rumination on perfectionism. Hewitt and Flett in 1991 define multidimensional perfectionism in the following way. There are self-oriented perfectionists who are irrational in their self-importance whilst holding unrealistic expectations of themselves, punishing themselves when they can't meet their own self-imposed impossible standards. So basically this type of perfectionists are self-centered, focus onto themselves. Yeah, and self-motivated in a way. But then the next one is socially prescribed perfectionists, and they feel consistently and harshly judged by others, forcing them to seek approval at every turn. 
Okay, so these are more guided by social structures, basically. Yeah, and I think that whomever they meet, they need to prove themselves. Mm. They are validating their self-worth and value based on other people's uh, opinions on themselves. But that's also related with the third one, right? The other-oriented perfectionists that impose unrealistic standards on everyone else and act out when these standards are not met. Whoa, these type of people sound really mean. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I was just wondering, is it possible that we are all... Like kind of a mix of that. Yeah, I'm sure we all have a bit from each and they're not that clear that whether you're one one of them and then you can't be the other yeah, one. Because could it be that if you're a perfectionist and you're trying to live up to certain standards, you believe that if you can do it. So then others should do it too. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it could go really hand in hand, right? Yeah. But then why do we have to be perfect? Why do we have that need? And... Is that what life's really all about? Is it about low self-esteem? Is it social structures, biology? Is it the media and the patriarchy? (laughs) Or all of it together, or maybe none of them? And most of all, why are so many women so insecure? That's really the question, because if we see that it's 70% of women that really feel this insecurity, not just a quest for perfectionism, but... Um, imposter syndrome that we will talk about it a bit more ahead but we can define this quest for perfection as for many people anxiety and lack of belief are born from events that have happened in the past so it's not always triggered by the same things Um, sometimes it can be a collection of events that add up to the belief that we are not good enough Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's detonated by a traumatic event that can push us of course creating limiting beliefs and fears for example but it's not said that it has to be one event but it can be something that it can be it can accumulation of things as well yeah so basically there's there's like two things that can detonate this quest for perfectionism in an unhealthy way which is one traumatic event or just like the whole belief that you're not Mm. good enough. Mm -hmm. So there's not a pinpoint event that Mm -hmm. can actually be blamed for. Yeah. I mean, we can be fit, healthy, have a great job, a loving family, and yet feel like there is something missing in our life. And it's basically the illusion of control and this idea that we have to aim for perfection in every aspect of our lives. And that if we don't, then we're a failure. And it sounds, even if I recognize myself, definitely, but it already even sounds so exhausting. Like, how can Mm. anyone keep up with that? It's just doomed to failure. And it's just a matter of time before the house of cards collapses. Exactly. And you cannot really measure yourself up to that. And because it's so much frustration that you're finding all the time. And I... And in every aspect, because I was reading about this uh, sociology professor called Lynn Slater. Mm -hmm. She's 65 years old and she created her Instagram account, Accidental Icon. And now she has more than 600,000 followers on Instagram. And she did this study and says that the pressure of aging actually appears when women are 25 years old. And this is not only because they feel like they have to have the body and the face of an 18-year-old, but the maturity of a 30-year-old, but also because there are certain social cues that they have to be following. So by the time that you're 30, you're expected to have like this wonderful career, a partner, like a family, like not exactly like that, but you have 
this idea that you are this mythic being and that you have to be sort of successful or at least have all these areas solved, which puts an unbelievable like weight in aging yeah it doesn't have to be really no totally and i think even if the average age of when women are having their first child has gone up there is still that pressure and if Mm. i talk to my friends i i would bet that most of them have felt that oh before i'm 30 i want to have my first child yeah, no, no, I completely get what you said. And there is also like a lot of stigma for non-traditional jobs, you know. But what about people's pleasing? Doesn't that go with the socially prescribed perfectionists who feel like they are judged by others and they have to uh, prove themselves at every turn? Well, yeah, I completely think so. And I, I believe that I'm guilty of this um, because people pleasing is mostly someone who feels that they have no option but to mouth themselves into the expectation of others. Mm-hmm. So looking for other people to get their feeling of self-worth and their value as a person. I mean, of course, I know rationally it's not what we should do, but sometimes we put so much pressure on the external inputs that we let them define who we are. Yeah, and I do confess to be a people's pleaser. And many times I do it at the expense of myself. Mm. So I would boil inside, but I wouldn't do anything or being afraid of confronting people just because I want to be liked by everyone. Mm, yeah. But it, in the end, it's not possible. Yeah, There are always going to be people who judge us or who will hate us just for what we think or how we look or what gender we are or where we happen to be wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, no, 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 completely. And I get it. And for me, sometimes it gets to a pathological level. I mean, I don't mean our listeners to think that I'm crazy, but (laughs) it gets to this point. Like if you go to a restaurant, you want to order quickly so that the people in the restaurant won't think bad of you or you're in the metro and you don't want to get in the way of anyone. And it's people that you're not going to see in like ever. Oh yeah. Oh well, for me, it's been that I would go to a cafeteria with my friend and I would order first and I would have to choose the table. And all of a sudden, I don't know where to go. And I would think, okay, where does my friend want us to go and sit? Instead of thinking, it's a table, it doesn't <laughs> matter, just choose. Yeah. yeah, but you can just like, get in this kind of loop and you get stuck in it and it's just freaking exhausting. Yeah. But I, I think it's because sometimes we give a, like a disproportionate weight to negative comments rather than positive. And this is, I believe, because if we have self-doubt, you hear positive things and you're like, ah, oh, well, yeah, maybe. But if someone says something negative, it kind of... Oh, it reinforces it. It confirms what you were thinking, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's so funny, like, if you're doubting, am I good? You need, like, 100 good compliments <laughs> to start maybe <laughs> believing it. Yeah, yeah. But only that one negative and you're like, oh, yeah, I knew it all along. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because actually it's very intertwined, like perfectionism and all the self-doubt with confidence Mm -hmm. so i read that it was like sort of a pendulum so it's just like i am not worthy i don't know what i'm doing they're gonna realize like i'm fraud and then it goes to the other side to say i know i knew it all the time Uh i'm good enough it's like what really what are we doing to ourselves but it's it's very funny because it, it goes along with a quote of Sofia Moruso from Girl Boss, and she says that no matter where you are in life, you'll save so you'll save a lot of time by not worrying too much about what other people think about you. And the earlier in life that you can learn that, the easier the rest of your life would be. 
I love that quote, but at the same time, I know it's so easy to say, but so hard to act on it. All right, but hey, you mentioned this imposter syndrome and the feeling of inadequacy. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, well, basically, it's a phenomena that was first defined in 1978 by two clinical psychologists, Pauline Klantz and Suzanne Imes. And it was basically discovered because they were doing this study with their PhD female students. And at first they thought this phenomenon was just in high achieving women. But now it has been proved that a great part of the population, actually 70% of women and 50% of men uh, have it and actually feel that. And that's huge numbers. Yeah. And like the correct definition, like the exact definition is a phenomenon in which people feel that they are not worthy of their success and they have a persistent doubt on their abilities despite contra- contrary evidence. So it's the faulty belief that normal nervousness is a lack of competence. And do you think it's that self-monologue that we have inside our heads? Completely, completely. And we have to understand that not all our thoughts are our essence. I don't know if this sounds really confusing and very meta, but it, it, we can have some thoughts that are not necessarily who we are. Yeah. And this doesn't only affect work. So it can be also in relationship, in parenting, in friendship. Actually, there's something that Alan Devottam was saying that there is this high, like such a high expectation in parenting. Yeah. And actually kids just need good enough parents. Yeah. I think it's also this, um, we have so much knowledge out there so many not just books but the internet is full of things like how you should do it and always try to be the best you can be and we're all trying to be so good that then we get just exhausted by it it's so intertwined with perfectionism because no one can really be perfect and when you're trying to be good you know that there is so much room for improvement that it's just not enough and that's why oh i must be a fraud yeah and someone is going to expose you in a way yeah But then Emma Watson has this interesting quote. I would have never believed that even she feels this way. Mm. She says, when I receive recognition for my acting, I feel incredibly uncomfortable. I tend to turn in on myself. I feel like an imposter. But is this why taking compliments and saying thank you feels so awkward and difficult? Well, I think so. We don't even know how to take them and we get so uncomfortable. It's like when they're singing happy birthday that you don't know how to crawl beneath the table or something. Instead of just like taking it and if someone says, hey, good job, you start saying like, oh, well, I just, it was just a team. I was just lucky. Instead of just saying like, okay, thanks. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, I did do a good job. Thank you for acknowledging (laughs) it. Yeah. But this actually is more, much more prevalent when you have something good happening in your life. So if you have your normal life, then you have this wonderful event or wonderful thing happening to you. This is what the feeling gets a lot worse. Oh, like if you feel like, oh, I didn't deserve it. Yes. So even if you actually worked a lot towards what you were trying to achieve, uh-huh. it's when this happens that we have this tendency to self-sabotage and do say like, no, 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 maybe it was just like... It was, it was not like you. accident exactly. or it was a mistake. Yeah. Oh, I remember when I got into this um, uh, orchestra academy after my master's and I thought 
it was a mistake. Mm. Literally thought they must have sent this letter to me by mistake. Yeah. Or when I got into college to do my master's, I couldn't believe it. And as a backstory, before that, I had applied four times into music school and I never got in. Mm. So I thought, no, I can't. I will never be able to make it. I will never be good enough. But I, I still went ahead and I applied again to a different school. And then when I made it, I didn't believe it was because of merit. I thought it was, again, a mistake. And even now, when I go to the school after graduating, I feel like, did I actually finish? Mm. How did I get through this? Yeah. And it's it's this weird moment of self-doubt that did it even happen? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I completely get what you mean. For me, it has presented in this horrible way, uh, honestly, in which I cannot really celebrate my accomplishments. That's horrible. So basically, when I finished Bachelor, I just felt like, okay, this is the bare minimum. Like, I could have done better. I should have done better. I should have put more effort. When I, I didn't. And it happened also with my master's. Like, in the graduation day, I was just, like, freaking out. And I was like, hey, no, I don't have anything to celebrate because I could have had, like, a higher note at the end. But I was working, so I couldn't. And I felt all this frustration because I felt like I was falling short in a way. Instead of thinking, like... Oh my God, I worked so hard, even when having to work alongside and I made such a good achievement, but then we turn it. Yeah, and it's this thing. And do you think like, oh my God, university is going to realize that I'm not capable enough. They are going to take my title away. And it's just like, I don't even know anything. And And I think it's when you look around, everyone seems so confident and... (laughs) Exactly. And, and you just see these posts in Instagram or anywhere else, social media. And, and there's always someone who's done things better mm. or they just make it seem so easy. Definitely, definitely. And this is why I think it's so important to share our stories because... Yeah, if we... it's more than half of the people... Exactly. <laughs> probably more than half of us are just faking it. <laughs> probably, exactly. And sometimes you don't really see this part and we don't talk about this because... Instead of thinking of vulnerability as our superpower, we think of it as weakness. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) But even Michelle Obama has it. She says, I still have a little imposter syndrome. It never goes away that you're actually listening to me. I share this with you because we all have doubts in our abilities about our power and what that power is. That's impressive that even these high achieving women feel like this and it's very interesting how imposter syndrome presents itself Mm -hmm. because it's not always about overworking and trying to do all this thing but it can also go to the other side to procrastinating and self-sabotage so yeah i mean basically sometimes you you feel like you have to keep up and to get up to speed and you overwork yourself and get to up to burnout uh, but sometimes it's just like it's so overwhelming the fact that it has to be perfect that you cannot start yeah are there different types like perfectionists have they had these three types are there different types of imposter syndrome interesting that you ask that <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually uh, Valerie Young, a uh, doctor in psychology, defined imposter syndrome and identified five competence types. And basically this means 
that there are different types of imposter syndromes that come from the way that each of us measure competence. That is what we value the most. And when we don't have these values, we feel like failures and as imposters. The first type is the perfectionist. Not to be confused with perfectionist in general, but this is a subtype of the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the perfectionists are people who set their expectations to impossible high standards. They want everything right and it's 100% or failure. And they feel like doing themselves everything is the only way to have it done right. So they micromanage. Oh, I hate micromanaging. And also, it's like constantly measuring everyone around them to those standards. So, as we were saying before, it's if I can do it, then Then you have to do it. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So, then basically, just no way of winning. Mm. With the rise of perfectionism, we're just making the whole society toxic because if we keep these horrible standards to ourselves, then we don't allow anything else from others, which leads to burnout, not in ourselves, but also in others. Exactly, exactly. It's like this prison where we're all in in it together. Yeah, it's really a cage because also what this perfectionism does is that it makes you so afraid of failure that you don't get out of your comfort zone in a way. Yeah, you just rather don't try. Yeah, and then there's this idea that you only do what you're good at but that leads us to the second type of imposter syndrome which is the natural genius Mm -hmm. and what this type is characterized by is that rather by judging themselves to the unrealistically high standards as perfectionists they judge themselves on whether they do things good at the first try So they expect to have this innate intelligence or ability and they want everything to be quick and effortless. Yeah, I recognize myself with this because school was easy. So everything kind Mm. of came easy. It's not that I didn't work for it, but the essential thing was the first time it was already kind of there. Yeah. And I recognize it now, like if there is something like carving a pumpkin (laughs) and I know I'm not that good at it, I just I just do it quickly and hastily and I won't spend too much time on it because it will anyways be a failure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. why would I spend an hour? Because anyways, it won't be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, it's, yeah, it, it's exactly like that. And it, they are not very familiar with perseverance, which is that. But I think you can actually grow out of it. Yeah, 100%. The next one is the soloist. So basically what this type thinks is that a success only count if you do it alone. This type typically turns down help and overloads with work and projects and don't know how to ask for help with time. Even when they need it. Exactly. Oh, that's so heavy. Yeah. Most of the time they actually do things, like they succeed and they finish the projects, but it takes a high, high toll on their personal hygiene and their personal development and sleep yeah it just gets too much and then we find the expert this subtype wants to know everything before doing something so it's like the knowledge version of the perfectionist they want to know absolutely everything they don't like being like talking about a topic they don't know everything about and they don't feel comfortable with and it's is that like fear of showing some weakness exactly they believe that if they are asked a question and they don't know the answer saying 
I don't know, is like a sign of weakness. Mm. So yeah, it's very interesting. I I mean, I would say I myself am a perfectionist, but I also recognize myself a bit on the expert part because at least in my process of writing, for example, I tend to do this like hours and hours of research and I end up with like pages of research, but then the actual writing, I really procrastinate. Yeah. And I have to write like a one pager and I have And you have ten pages. <laughs> ten pages of research, but I cannot bring myself to do it until I feel like I know all about it. Do you think it's because of fear of maybe I'll get something wrong? Yeah, definitely. But the quest gets so overwhelming, like to make It's just it like perfect. overachieving. Yeah. Alright. But the like really queens and kings of overachieving are the last type which is the superwoman superman and basically they push themselves to work harder than everyone else they measure competence based on how many roles they can juggle and excel in so basically it's like the perfectionist on turbocharge uh they want to be the best employee parent daughter son sibling friend partner etc like they really try to have every aspect of their life under control And if something derails, then everything feels like a failure. And it's a lot, really a lot of pressure. But do you think this relates to the saying of, if you do something, you better give your best, like do it 100% or not at all? If you feel a pressure and you feel like it's constant work to be the best in every aspect, it's just so tiring, really. Yeah, it's really consuming. I recognize myself in like so many of these. <laughs> um, and in this one, you know, I would I would have that tendency of, oh, well, if I just make sure that I work more than anyone else, it will be rewarded. Mm. And oh, it get, gets me so angry mm. if it then doesn't give me the results. Mm. But then it's just natural. Like we have difference in talent and sometimes doing the most hours isn't the most effective way because we're lacking rest. Exactly. When we really neglect other parts, one of the characteristics also of like the superwoman and superman is that they are very much towards others. So they want to perform perfectly in every role mm -hmm. to the point that they neglect themselves. Yeah. So and this can lead to so so many things like burnout, anxiety, stress mm. and all these bad things. So how does it affect our daily lives? For many uh, perfectionists and people who suffer from imposter syndrome, it's impossible to delegate tasks even when it would be beneficial to everyone's well-being. Yeah, and this leads to like an overcharge. There's a study that says that men are taking care of three things a day when women take care of approximately 12. Somehow I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But it would be nice to hear from our listeners, like... What do they think? How many tasks do they take care of? Well, how many tasks and with what type of imposter syndrome, if any, mm -hmm. they feel identified with? Yeah, totally. Send so us your tweets. <laughs> don't forget to write that. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is brought right to your ears by Interactive Culture, an enterprise that, as us, believes in sharing the stories worth telling in a fresh and responsive way. To learn more about Interactive Culture and their work, visit interactiveculture.com. Yes, that's C-O-O-L-T-U-R-E. A cool take on culture.
I'm thinking of the fear of failure and how it affects us in our daily lives. So the other day I was in a meeting and uh, there were half and half were men, half were women. And at the end we were asked like, oh, the floor is free. Please uh, ask us any questions. And none of the women said anything. I was one of them. And I kept just thinking, oh, what should I ask? What are they wanting me to ask? What's the perfect question? And I just couldn't come up with anything. And then instead, I just stayed silent and I got angry at myself because I noticed this is exactly how we keep the structures. So I I decided like, no, I should take in charge. But then yeah. it's super hard. It's really hard. And I think the base of all this is that we keep teaching girls to be perfect and boys to be brave. What do you think? What can we do to overcome this all? Well, basically, there are many things that we can do. And one of them is to adopt a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. So this has been talked about in many different places. The growth mindset say that failure is something that we learn from and we're constantly evolving and And we can improve. We, exactly. We can improve and we are constantly like deconstructing and trying to be better and feel better. Mm -hmm. While the fixed mindset, what establishes is that it's a place that you get. So you think that you can get to happiness or you can get to perfection. And this is quite pervasive. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. The growth mindset seems like the way to go. And mm-hmm. I've read that, you know, for burnout and and coping with these uh, expectations and with uh, perfectionism, imposter syndrome, cognitive therapy has actually proved to be very helpful. But what's cognitive therapy? Cognitive therapy, it focuses on present thinking, behavior and communication rather than your past experiences. And it's oriented towards problem solving. They help you reshape your thoughts and give you different perspective to change the way you think. Yeah. And maybe that way you can change your self-image, oh, yeah. change the way you don't need the validation by others and this sort of thing. Well, it's really interesting. And we know that there is no magic recipe or a quick fix for imposter syndrome, burnout, or even the quest for perfection. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not something that can be solved overnight. No, and I think we're both still, you know, we are struggling with it. Yeah. So, yeah. And and it's by understanding and reflecting on the problem that we can start to feel better. And it has to do a lot with understanding that our thoughts can be controlled and that the external viewpoints don't define us as persons, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking about it and sharing our experiences might let us to believe that we're not alone. We hope that you feel that way, listeners. Yeah, and and I think even that, just knowing that most of the people are feeling exactly like you should make it better, like help a bit. Exactly, and that's what we were saying. Vulnerability and actually showing that you're a normal person might help us all be stronger. And I, I sometimes I'm super guilty of doing this. I tend to believe like when I do this, when I have that, when I get this job, when I get into this school, I could be happy or fulfilled or have an overall sense of achievement. And this has never been the case. And we sometimes think that this is like a magical endpoint and then everything else will fall into place. And this can lead to a lot of frustration. But at the end, It's what we do each day that makes the difference. Like, it's the little choices that we make on a daily basis. Yeah. And hey, in the end, failure is key for success. What is the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, some people, I think we can be 
deadly scared of people laughing at us or getting embarrassed. But in the end, once it's done, you didn't die. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And if at the end you still like yourself, no one can take that from you. Yeah. And I would like to tell you a bit about this uh, famous coach with his own philosophy, Aki Hintza. Mm. He worked a lot with Formula drivers and uh, Olympic athletes. Yeah. And he makes people answer these three main questions. Yeah. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you want? And are you in control of your life? Can I answer that later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the question of do you know who you are? It's not that simple. Not at all. But I think learning these things and basing your identity on values instead of outside performances and achievements is a good way of starting to feel better and coping with life. Oh yeah, and I love that because sometimes I think that we let other things define us like external inputs or our feelings and thoughts which I'm not saying they're not valid but sometimes we have to remember that feelings are not facts yeah and insecurity is normal and everyone mm. feels it but it doesn't define you exactly and it just sometimes we have to be just like a little bit more self-compassionate and just stop for a minute and think what you're telling yourself is something that you would tell a friend definitely It takes a good deal of bravery and skill to keep even a very ordinary life going. Persevering to the challenges of love, work and children, it's quite heroic. Oh, that's so nice. But just to wrap up and some tips for this second episode of The Girl Manual. To deal with this perfectionism and imposter syndrome, we have three things that you can implement. First of all, acknowledging that insecurity is normal and everyone feels it but it doesn't define you. Talking about it help us share our vulnerabilities and feel identified and less alone. And if we connect more with who we are, if we spend all our time thinking of what we did wrong, how it can go bad, or how we're a failure or a fraud, that starts clouding our judgment. Relooking at our successes, attributes, things we're grateful for, so that we make a shift towards being more connected to the positive parts of our lives which is not meant to be avoided, but rather made it fair. Yeah, yeah, I completely get it. Um, for example, I, I like to think about this analogy. It's a bit cheesy, so bear with me. Um, so I read this, that if you have a cup and then you bump into someone, then you will spill the content of that cup mm -hmm. into the other person and into yourself. So basically, if you fill your cup with anxiety and just like overall nervousness and this like self-loathing like yeah and negativity then you're gonna spill that to you and to others whether if you're just like much calmer and just like at peace it's not that you're not bothered but the reaction is really different and I was listening to this interview of Mogadot an engineer for Google X and he sounded he said that Every day he woke up and he remembered my son died, but then he made the, the change and thought my son lived. And then that automatically shifted into a place where he started celebrating his life and just being thankful that he existed. Mm -hmm. And I know it's very difficult and I know that the topic of grief is much complicated than that, but I think it was just really beautiful and 
he, he also created this equation for happiness and he says that it equals the perception of the events in your life minus the expectation on how life should be, mm-hmm. which I think we can all learn about that um, in our quest to not try to be perfect all the time, but just yeah, happy. And I've I've used that, actually, even if it's cheesy, I've used it in my personal life. If I felt depressed, I've taken it to the other way. Well, if I'm depressed, it means that my life is not right now how I'm expecting it to be. Mm. And then it's much easier to see, okay, well, what's wrong in it? And once you can identify, then you can do the changes. Yeah. But in the end, nowadays, we have a lot more choice and better opportunities than previous generations due to feminism. But we have to remember not to let it consume us. We can choose carefully what are the important bits and divide our time and energy accordingly. We have to learn to say no, and we have to support our communities, friends and families, so that everyone has a chance to shine in something without burning the candle from both ends. Oh, that's so nice. So let's keep the positive thinking and faking it until we make it. (laughs) With that note, see you next time. See you next time and stay tuned because we're going to have an episode on workplace, about gender violence, relationships, friendship, and much more. So stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned.